prayer real fast. God, thank you for this awesome, awesome day. Thank you for the opportunity to be here together and to worship you. And God, we want to praise you for all the dynamic things that are happening within this church. We trust you with the resources and the finance. We trust you with all that, Lord God. We love you and praise you for all the new people that are coming, the new ministries that are starting, the dynamic and exciting opportunities that we have to reach out to our community and world. And we're going to keep moving forward, Lord God, because you've called us and we're confident in that. We love you. We praise you in Jesus name. Amen. Okay, I'm going to read you a passage of scripture that is probably one of the most read passages in a church. Okay, and probably honestly, you'll understand what I'm saying when we get into this. I want to say ignored uh, or overlooked passages in the word of God. It's in Matthew 22, 37 through 40. It says this. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So first, I want to just pause for a second and ask some questions because we read that. And I don't mean we ignore it like, oh, I don't care. I'm going to ignore that. But I don't think we really understand what it's saying, what it's calling and challenging us to do. So what does it mean to love God with all of your heart? Well, it means to love him with all of your power. It means to love him above and beyond anyone or anything else in this world. And it means to give up things that maybe you hold most dear in your life if that's what he calls you to do. Okay? Love him beyond anything and everything else. Give up anything that you desire. Whatever is that desire of your heart, if he calls you to give it up, to be willing to give it up. Okay? So that's what it means. So, and there's, I'm trying to abbreviate these, but okay, that's what it means to love him with all of your heart. What about your soul? Well, that means to be devoted, to devote our lives in serving him, to live for him. So with all of your soul, I'm devoting my life in service to him. I am living my life completely for him. And if necessary, your soul, I'm willing to give up my life in service to him. So let's kind of put that, okay, heart and soul. Or what about mind, with all my mind? It means to submit my intellect to his will, okay? I'm going to submit my intellect to his will. It means that we put our minds, we focus our minds, our intellectual minds, okay, on understanding the word of God. Understanding what the word of God says. And once I understand, I begin to understand the word of God. Then it means that I should I should be applying that word uh, to building the kingdom of God. So once I understand the word of God, I'm supposed to take the greatest of my intellect, my mind and focus that on God. First and foremost, every bit, every area of my life. How would God have me handle? What should I do when I in this situation? Your mind understanding the word of God and then taking the word of God and using the word of God to build the kingdom of God. And then once you've accomplished that to give God the glory, okay, to give God all the glory for what your intellect was was able to achieve, if you will, the results of your intellectual efforts. So using my mind to study the word of God, taking the word of God and take and and then applying it and building the kingdom of God and then giving God the glory for the results of my intellectual efforts. Okay, so love him with all your heart, love him with all your soul, love him with all your mind. And then in Mark chapter 12, verse 30, it says with all of your strength. 
heart, soul, mind, strength. So what does it mean? It means to devote all of our physical effort, okay? All of our labor, all of our toil will bring glory to Him. All of our physical effort will bring glory to God to make Him the object of all of our effort. So God becomes the object of all of our effort, and I, I love Tim Tebow. And the reason I love Tim Tebow is that most Christians don't understand Tim Tebow. People in the world don't understand him at all. But what confuses people is that the guy, why doesn't he just play football? He's a football player. Why didn't he have to bring God into football? Why does he have to bring God into announcing? Now he's into baseball. Why is he going to bring God into baseball? And I scratch my head and I wonder, see, this is why I said everyone has heard this passage, but it's, it's, it's not applied, truly applied. Tim Tebow applies it. He would scratch his head and say, I don't understand. I'm a Christian first and a football player second. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ first and a baseball player second. I'm a Christian and a follower of Christ first and an announcer second. And if he goes into business, he'll be a Christian in business, but he'll be a Christian first in business. Does that make sense? He's applying every bit of it to his life. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all your mind and with all of your strength. That's what we're talking about here. Now, does that sound to you, all any of you, does that sound like something that can happen just on Sunday mornings? And if you want to understand more, then come to 501, uh, like Jen was saying, in the hive after second service. Come back at 1230, eat lunch and hang out because she'll explain it even more. But does that sound like something that you can do? I just described to you. Okay, try to soak it all in. Every bit of my intellect, my, my heart, my soul, my mind, my strength. Does it sound like something that we can pull off on a Sunday morning? See, what I want us to do this morning is rethink the way we're living out our faith. I need to rethink how I'm living out my faith. You need to rethink how you're living out your faith because I think we get things confused. I'm going to give you an example. I want you to think about this. Okay. Was Jesus' life before he um, spent three and a half years in public ministry... Was that a big fat waste of time? Did Jesus just sit around for the first, I mean, two thirds or more of his life, basically three and a half years of public ministry thereabouts? Okay, so were the were the years before that just a complete and utter waste of time? Think about it. What was he doing? Just kind of waiting around because he was doing he was doing a secular job, right? A, a secular job, right? So. So he's just Jesus, I'm sure, sat around and just was buying his time until he could finally. He's like, I'm sure he prayed every night. Lord, I can't wait to get into real ministry. You think he just sat around waiting to get into real ministry? Think just think about that for a second. Jesus, what they say, a carpenter, most likely he was a stonemason. If you really look at the text and everything, he was most likely a stonemason. Doesn't matter. Okay. But Jesus, when he was a carpenter stonemason, loved the Lord his God with all of his heart, with all of his soul, with all of his mind, with all of his strength all the time. Jesus was worshiping God. Jesus was living out the great commandment, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. That's what Jesus was doing his whole life. 
Not just on a Sunday morning when he was teaching a Sunday school class or waiting for the, you know, for the Holy Spirit to come and say, oh, now, now, now I really, now I, now, now I'm really doing something significant. Obviously he was, but he was doing something significant his entire life. He loved God and worshiped God his entire life. Last week we asked the question, are we lions or are we lambs? Are you a lion or are you a lamb? We said that Jesus came to earth to start a revolution. Okay, and that and that God wants to lead us to a place that will challenge the boundaries of our imagination and stretch the limits of our faith, because that's what we're that's we're in the series stretching our faith, stretch marks. We're talking about stretching our faith. And that's what God is calling us to do. That's what Christ is calling us to do, to stretch the limits of our faith. He wants us to live our lives completely and totally and utterly for him and use the gifts that we've been given to build and further his kingdom every single day, seven days a week. Okay. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. That's what that is talking about. Love the Lord, your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. There's a parable, the parable of the talents. Many of you have heard this parable of the talents of Matthew uh, 25, verses 14 through 30, I think, I believe. And it, it talks about a man who has, is given one talent. And he takes a talent, he buries that talent. And that man is, is said to have sinned against God. Okay, God has given this one talent. He's, he's not used a talent, he's buried his talent. And it says that he sinned against God and is cast out of his presence. And when I was a baby Christian, I thought to myself when I first read that, maybe you did too, I thought, I don't know, what's, what's going on there? What, you know, what did this guy really do? I don't really think he didn't, you know. And so I, I, it would, it would, I thought to myself, wow, that's kind, of in, that's kind of intense. I didn't see that he did really anything to, to deserve that, right? And then as I grew in my faith, I realized something. It became very clear, Okay. The problem is he didn't do anything. I was concerned. I said to myself when I was a younger Christian, well, he didn't really do anything. Why would, why would, why would he get, he didn't really do anything. And then as I got older, I realized, yeah, exactly. There's the point. God made it very clear. He didn't do anything. Have you ever been in your, have you ever been in a situation in your life where you had an opportunity, you were in a position to help someone, but you chose not to help them. Okay. You chose not to, to get involved. See, this morning I want to look at the power of service in using our gifts and talents and abilities to further the kingdom of God, to strengthen our relationship with Christ, to stretch our faith. Have you ever been in a position to help someone, uh, maybe financially or physically in some way, but you just, again, just chose not to do it? Give you some thoughts. How about that kid who sat all by himself in the lunchroom all those years? He sat all by himself in that lunchroom. And that other kid who got picked on constantly, constantly. The question is, did you defend the defenseless? See, we're in school, so that's not, I'm in church. If I saw someone get picked on in church, well, I would do something about it. But it was in school, and I don't really want to, you know. So how about the guy at work who needed help with his project? Maybe he's new. Maybe he's going through some tough things in his life, and he has his project, and he needs some help on it. But, yeah, you didn't help him, because why should you help him? doesn't help you. doesn't benefit you, so why help him? So you didn't. Or that, or that mom is new in the neighborhood. She has a couple of really small kids and she just had a baby and she's looking for some friends and you thought, well, you know, but that's just a lot of effort to, you know, I, I have enough friends. And so you decided, you know, not to, not to engage in a relationship with her because, you know, she looked like she was just too much trouble to handle. 
you know, you know, mom with a couple of small kids. That's a lot of work. Hey, just a little side note here. I had a mom come up to me um, in the past and she she come up to me after the service, after I was done preaching. She said, you know, I need to I want to give you some constructive criticism. I'm like, okay, here we go. You know, what I mean, okay, give me some constructive criticism. She says, she said, you know what? You, you don't preach long enough. I said, this woman, this woman's filled with wisdom. <laughs> I felt like the Holy Spirit was now speaking to me. And I said, well, continue, you know, what you were saying. What about me preaching, not preaching long enough? And she said, yeah, I come and, and, I, and I just sit down and relax for the first time in a week and it's over. You know, now she was probably sleeping back there for the first time, you know, get some good sleep while I'm preaching. But, you know, and that's I just want to let you guys know that's why I preach long sometimes, because I love you that much. I know you. <laughs> I know, I know how much you love, you know, when I go long, so I just, I try to go long, so, cause it's so relaxing for you. But you know, people need help, and that mom was saying, hey, preach five, ten minutes longer, I, I just, I just start to relax, and it's over. And then I gotta go back, and you know, three kids, throw them in the car, and you know, start over again. And it's a long week, it's a long week. People need other people to invest in their lives. How often do we see a need, and do nothing? Honestly. Are we letting the word of God permeate every area of our lives? Because the second part of that passage says, okay, love your neighbor as yourself. We need to love our neighbor as ourselves. Now, there's no one in this room, honestly, and, I, and people will argue, well, I don't have high self-esteem, but people take care of themselves and most people love themselves. And what the Bible is saying is, you know, you need to think of the other person the way you think of yourself. As a matter of Philippians chapter 2, it says, consider others better than yourselves. So we need to invest in the lives of other people. And whether you're the youngest person here or the oldest person, we need to start ministering to others. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we had our worship night. It was awesome. And at the end of the worship night, we went and we, we went outside, in, kind of impromptu, and we stood in a huge circle in the parking lot. We held hands and we were praying. After we were done praying, a little boy, Jacob, came up to me with, a, with an envelope in his hand. And it was in a, it was, uh, there was something in this envelope and then something in a baggie inside the envelope. And it was four crumpled dollars, one dollar bills and some change. And he handed it to me. Jacob's very little. And I said, well, is this, what, what's this for? And, and he said it was for chickens for Nigeria. He wanted to participate. So I don't know where he got the money. He looked like he just went around and found it between cushions and things like that. But he found he had four crumpled dollar, single dollar bills. And he said, I want, I want to give it for two chickens. I want to buy two chickens. You know, at times like that, you really, really, really enjoy being a pastor when, when things like that happen. See, we need to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we need to invest in other people. We need to care about other people. We need to apply his truth. So are you applying God's truth to your life? That's the question. Am I personally applying God's truth to my life? Are we letting his truth not just... Not just fill our minds, but flood our hearts. Truly flood our hearts. And, and not just on Sunday mornings. See, this is where I, I would like try your hardest to kind of break the paradigm in your mind. You've been coming to church, some of you, all your life. And I need you to break free from the mindset that spiritual things happen at church. But, but then, then I have the rest of my life. The secular sacred divide, if you will. Are you allowing your faith, here's the question, to affect every single area of your life? 
Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your mind and all of your soul and all of your strength in every single area of your life. I love this quote by Martin Luther. He wrote this. The Christian shoemaker does not does, does his duty not by putting little crosses on his shoes, but by making good shoes because God is interested in good craftsmanship. I love that. That's so true. I'll wear my cross or I'll have some little trinket over here and I'll wear a bracelet or whatever else. And that's great. Fantastic. Love it. Do it. Do it. Do it. But what he's saying is, hey, you want to you want to glorify God? You want to love God with all your strength? Okay, then you need to make fantastic shoes. Let them know you're a follower of Jesus Christ and make long lasting, fantastic shoes because God appreciates good craftsmanship. I totally, totally agree. See, maturing your faith is so much more than taking in the information. I have heard a sermon. I've learned something. Therefore, I am more spiritual than I was before. That's not what it's all about. It's about that. But it's a relentless pursuit of the heart of God. It's a continuous longing to be like Jesus Christ when you go out of here and back to school and back to work and back in your home and back in your neighborhood and back to your nonprofits or wherever you're going. It's a continuous desire and longing to be more like Jesus Christ. God calls every single one of us, everyone, to, to use everything at our disposal, every gift, talent, ability, whatever, everything at our disposal to build his kingdom, to further his kingdom. That's why we exist. He calls us to take risks, to be innovative, to be creative, to think, to dream without limitations. And those aren't just words here at Grace Chapel. That's how we live out our ministry, and that's how we live out our faith. That's at least how we challenge people to live out their ministry and their lives and how to live out their faith. So this morning, I want to introduce you to some people who I I asked to come up and to share, just basically to share how God is using their faith, not only on Sunday mornings, but basically throughout their lives, in their work lives. You guys can come up right now, too, as I, as I talk about this. I want them, I ask them, how, how is God using you to impact people, not just on Sunday mornings, but all the way around? They're trying, they're, they're basically trying to do what we've been talking about this morning. They're giving their lives in service to God and in service to other people. How can I use my gifts, talents, and abilities to serve other people? And as they're getting settled here, what I want to do is I want to give you a little bit of background. This is important. Some of you haven't been coming for very long, so I want to give you just a little bit of a background of why we're doing what we're doing. Okay, Plato came up with this concept I've been talking about, secular and sacred. It's, it's a platonic concept. Plato invented that, Okay. And that is what most people in this world live by. But that is not a biblical worldview. In a biblical worldview, things are either sacred or they're sinful. Okay? God created everything. Satan created nothing. And it is our responsibility as followers of Jesus to take back what belongs to God. God created it. Okay? Satan only corrupts things. He does not create anything. So... The, from a biblical standpoint, things are either sacred or they're sinful. So if something is not sinful, then it's what? Exactly. If it's not sinful, it's... Okay, so that's real important for us to understand. So as we kind of go through this, I want you to understand that these folks up here who are going to be sharing, they're sharing something sacred. 
I am your pastor. You assume automatically I'm the spiritual one. And what I do, my job is sacred and your job is secular. Okay, when you leave and go to your job, that is not biblically true. If you're worshiping God, if you're serving God, if you're making phenomenal shoes to the glory of God, then your job is sacred. Is it do you get up every morning and say, I'm going to go do something sinful? Answer me, honestly, do you get up and say, I'm going to my job to do something sinful? No, you do not. Therefore, if you're getting up in the morning and you're desiring to honor God with working hard to do your job, then your job is sacred, okay? It is sacred. What these people are doing is exactly what Jesus did before his three and a half year public ministry. Loving the Lord their God with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their mind, with all their strength. And if you think for one moment, when, you're, when Satan comes and starts speaking to you, you think for one moment that this conversation doesn't belong in the church, think again. Think again. Colossians 3.23 says this. What, listen to the words. Whatever you do, whatever you do, work at it what? with all of your heart. As serving the Lord, right? It says that as working unto the Lord, working for the Lord, not for human masters. So whatever you whatever you do, am I is we missing anything? Whatever you do, somebody can somebody come up with something? If I say whatever you do, is that kind of encompass everything? Work at it with all of your heart as working unto the Lord, not unto human masters. In other words, if you're doing that, you're doing something sacred. So I'm going to ask these guys. Let me get my, where's my little stool? Okay, one's over here. Um, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, and you guys can, let me get the mics. There's one mic here, and you guys can pass it down, and there's one, where's the other mic? It's right back here. Oh, there it is right there. Excuse me. I'll start down here. Guys, you can have it first, because you're last. You're actually going last. Okay, so first, tell me, tell me about, tell me, each one of you, kind of briefly, tell me about your business tree. What are you doing? Yeah, it doesn't matter who starts. Go ahead, Nicole. Okay. Um, my name is Nicole, and I co-own a salon across the street. It's called Trinity Salon and Spa. And um, a portion of our profit goes to support back-to-back ministries. So we are using our gifts and talents behind the chair to help fund that ministry. Awesome. Go ahead, my name's Adam Wyman. I own um, Elements Pro with my wife, Rachel. Um, our, uh, our focus and passion um, when I started this company was outdoor design and construction. Um, it was a couple years ago, um, you came to me, um, and uh, Brian Pierce, he had a portion of his residential business that he uh, wanted to give um, as to SEC as a business yeah. yeah. So you thought it would be good for me to take that on <laughs> to help grow the business. So the past couple of years we've been busy doing that, um, trying to get that off and going. Awesome. Um, so landscaping, mowing, all yeah, that kind of thing. Full, full service. Great. Awesome. Good, Brian. My name is Brian Miller, and I own CrossFit Superfly, which is uh, adjoining or sharing the same parking lot here with where the old thrift store is. Um, one of the things I'm passionate about is helping the everyday person increase their, um, their, uh, physical ability and their everyday tasks, uh, just by helping them increase their fitness level. Um, one of the things that we do at our gym is help support a back to back, a orphanage in Monterey, Mexico. 
where I attended when I was 15 years old, 16 years old. I don't know. It's been a while. It's been a long time. 1997. Yeah, it's been a long time. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm extremely passionate about uh, what I do and, and helping people uh, just move forward. You know, I, there was a point in my life where um, I had a hard time moving forward. And, and through, through CrossFit, I found that um, the, the mindset carries over to your everyday life where, um, yeah, you might be in pain right now because you're trying to, to lift this weight or you're trying to go this faster in a workout. But at some point in time, it's going to end and you're going to be better off for it. So we help to take that mindset into uh, everyday life. Perfect. You can, yeah. My name's Yvonne Fernandez, and I am the owner and founder of Array of Hope Counseling and Medical Services. My passion is to help individuals and families heal, um, not only mentally, but as well as physically. I um, believe that everyone knows someone out there that needs help, and it's just my true passion to get out there. We have... um, we are located on this campus. Um, we share it with CrossFit, and um, we have counselors. Um, we just secured a psychiatrist. We have two um, physicians. We have a, two nurse practitioners, and we have a physician assistant. And what I believe is is that not only can you help somebody individually through the mind, but also physically. So I'm taking a look at it as a holistic approach. Our goal is to have um, satellite um, counseling centers. Um, We're opening um, one up in Amelia and in Middletown at this point in time. What we're looking at is um, investing back into self-sustaining enterprises, and we'll probably hear about that, and to help um, entrepreneurs such as myself and um, build and um, have the support that they need to start. Awesome. Awesome. So you're, you're going to go, I'm going to get to you last. I want to ask a different question. So if you guys have anything else to share about two things, one would be, how are you, how are you impacting your community with what you do? And you think every day, I have a custom, my customers, how do you interact with your customers, with the people around you, with your employees? How are you applying what we've been talking about this morning uh, in your community? And then maybe give us a little insight into your heart, even not right now, but maybe down the future, how you're going to impact the world through what you're trying to do with your business trees. Anyone can start. Anyone can share. Um, in the past, we've done cutathons for the youth mission trip. That's great. Um, we did two, and I think we raised like seven hundred dollars. Yeah, to help. They, they, they did cutathons because some of the kids couldn't afford to go, so they instead of taking the money for themselves, they just did a cutathon and gave all the money to the youth so they could go on their on their to lower their price on their missions trips. Yep. And then um, just on a daily basis, just having conversations with our guests. Um, not only do we give great haircuts and hair color, we also have a little therapy session in there as well. So, <laughs> I mean, honestly, you want to talk about doing ministry? I mean, think about that. When people sit in that chair, you have them kind of captive for Maybe. a while, right? And yeah. people talk about almost anything that goes on in their lives, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So you're a minister in the marketplace. You're ministering to the people, your clients in the marketplace, not just to their hair, but to their hearts. Right. 
Remember that. That's a good, that's a good point. You have to keep that one. <laughs> Somebody else, tell me what other thoughts that how you're administering to people in the community. The clients are, yeah, go ahead. Like you said, uh, you know, our clients, um, you know, I have a chance to go out there and talk to them and kind of tell us, tell them what, what we're about and, you know, just our passion to be able to give and, you know, our goals as a company, which makes us unique as a landscape business. Absolutely. So we don't find that too much out there. So. Yeah. Um, but I, I think our biggest thing would probably be through our employees. Um, like you said, um, you know, like we want to have an attitude uh, that we're working for the Lord. So, yep. um, you know, a lot, a lot of those guys that come in and they're, they're just looking for their place in life. And, um, you know, if I, I can just be there to, to encourage them and, you know, help them succeed. Yeah. You know, that's kind of my goal. That's ministry. As a business. Owner. Yeah, that's ministry. Yep. So. That's business tree. Absolutely. Yeah, anybody else have any thoughts on that? Things that you, you don't have to answer that. You're just, you know, locally or globally, the way that you're, what you're doing is helping locally or globally. Yeah, so Ryan, go ahead. Or anybody, go ahead. Oh, um, as far as CrossFit Superfly goes, um, we're unique in as, you know, Grace Chapel is a community. You guys come here. Um, you guys have different groups where you guys might be able to talk about things, where you guys can kind of come together and get through situations together. The same thing applies at CrossFit Superfly. We're a community, and um, um, people come in every day with a burden, you know, and they might be going through a divorce. They might be, um, you know, uh, you know, several, you know, other situations, and um, when they come to Superfly, they feel like, this is the one hour of my day where I can focus on me, clear my head, and be okay to open up and talk to people about what's going on. Because a lot of times, a lot of people in the gym, they'll, they'll say, hey, you know, this is what's going on in my life, and da-da-da-da. And then they'll start working out together. And um, for that one moment in time, their life isn't all about the pain and suffering that they're going through. It's about them being in the moment. Yep. And sharing the workout and experience with the person to the right of them, with the person to the left of them. And uh, they're both sharing in that suffrage together. Brian, do you see yourself in that situation as a minister to them? Do you see yourself as um, someone who can minister to them? I, I, I see myself as somebody, I, I guess I do and I don't at the same time. Mm-hmm. I see myself as somebody who's there, who's willing to listen. Yep. Um, a lot of times I don't have the best advice. I don't know what to say or what not to say, but I know that I'm, there gonna, I'm gonna be there to listen. I'm gonna be there to um, just share with them what they're going through and, and, and be that ear for them. Um, there are a lot of times where I, I'm at a loss for words, but I do know that um, I make it a point to let them know that they are great in that moment. Like, this, yep. this is the moment that you are great in. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, whether it be them hitting a PR or this guy right here who has never run uh, a mile before two years ago, and now he's winning races. He, he won first in his age group at Mud, Guts, and Glory, qualified for Worlds. Um, yeah. So let me, let me say this. Let me just help you. The answer to the question is yes. Because I do the exact same thing, and there are sometimes that I don't have the answer, or I feel not qualified to really whatever, and I'm the senior pastor of Grace Chapel, so 
when I ask you the question next time, the answer is yes. I myself think honestly because you just describe what most of us feel in ministry as well. We do. We we try to be an ear. We try to give the best advice we can, but sometimes we feel like we come up short in helping someone through something that is really devastating or challenging. So, Yvonne, do you have anything else you want to? Just really quick, I just want to um, let everyone know that um, for me, my passion is there's 4.5 million addicts out there. There's before this is over, two people will lose their lives to suicide. Um, there are families that are broken, there are children that are broken. And a ray of hope, my vision, and through Christ, is to save. And I want to get out there, and I want to just grab as many people as I can Amen. and just help them and plant the seed. Amen. Nicole, just tell us one second where you're going back to in November, right? I am returning back to Haiti in November. I went last year to serve on a short-term mission trip, um, and I think I was served more going, mm-hmm. um, and it has definitely driven me a little bit more with what I do. Amen. That's perfect. Priscilla, I didn't mean to leave you out. Give us a little bit of background, okay, your, your background, and then tell us how you're using the gifts, talents, and abilities that God has given you now. Good morning, everyone. My name is Priscilla Bonwell. I spent 30-plus years <laughs> in a financial and banking industry, in human resources operations and Uh, performance consulting, and a whole bunch of other things um, in that industry, Um, primarily human resources. And at the point that I was coming to the end of my career and deciding that I wanted to retire, I wanted to find a way that I could take all of those skills, all of those talents, all of those things that I had learned for all of those years and put it to work for God. And with prayer and a great conversation with Pastor Jeff and Pete West, I'm now part of Self-Sustaining Enterprises as a mentor and coach. My hope is that as that mentor and coach, I am a minister. I minister to all of these ministers or whoever I happen to be partnered with at that moment. It could be just a brief conversation. Or it could be I come alongside of you from the beginning of your business uh, to its full fruition. But for each one of these people, they have lives. It's not just the business. It's not just the work. And it's not just, well, how do you create a business plan or what do I do to get an EIN? All of those are wonderful things. It's also about their lives. And that's what I do. I come alongside of them as a mentor and as a coach. And I listen to their problems. I listen to them. And hopefully, with God's help, I listen productively for them. And we're able to, between the two of us, give some great advice. And they're able to move forward and touch other lives. Um, One thing that I've come to recognize in each and every one of them, they are strong people. They are God-fearing people. They are God's workers. They are God's angels right here on earth. And you want to see hearts and hands? This is where it is. Amen. Amen. So here, here as we close off, here's what I'd like you all to do, all of us to do. We need to think, how, do we, how can we stretch our faith beyond the boundaries of Sunday morning? Okay? 
That's what you need to be leaving here, asking yourself, how can God use my gifts, my talents and my abilities so I can stretch my faith beyond Sunday morning, beyond a few hours on Sunday morning? See, what I don't like about the secular sacred worldview is that the, the world gets everything. The enemy gets everything other than a few hours on Sunday mornings, maybe, right? And maybe a Wednesday night prayer group or a life group. Other than that, everything else is secular. That's not biblical. That is not true. So we need to be, as a church, thinking without limitations, okay? And believing that God can do immeasurably more than all we can ever ask or imagine. That has to be our mindset. I know that this is unorthodox, that our church is unorthodox. But we serve an unorthodox God. Read your Bible and see if some of the stories, most of the stories in the Bible are orthodox. We serve an unorthodox God who calls us to an unorthodox ministry to do what we need to do to reach out and make a difference in the world. So here's what I want to leave you with. Okay, if it's not sinful, it's okay. So go out and make a difference with the the gifts, talents, abilities that God has given you. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this awesome day you've given to us. Thanks for the opportunity that we have to gather here together. I pray, dear God, through the voices of the people that are sitting up here. That this congregation, that, that this community be inspired to use the gifts that you have given us, not just in Bible studies, not just on Sunday mornings, but serving you with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, with all of our strength, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, because we love you that much in Jesus name. Amen. Have a great, great week.